How you doing? Good. Welcome How back. are you? I'm good. Sydney has been um, lost in a maze of finals <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. Yes. So excited to have yeah. you back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. It has been a wild time. Yeah. Okay. So today I'm really excited. We have some exciting things to talk about and I can't wait to dig in literally because today we're talking about McDonald's. And uh, if you're not watching it, that sound is Scott digging through a McDonald's bag. Yeah. We, we set this up and I felt like it was appropriate to talk about McDonald's, like eat McDonald's while we talked about McDonald's. So I'm going to eat my lunch. Before we start. Show. I think that's good etiquette. What? Yeah. Before we start, I want to say like, you know, we talked about that you are like a grocery market snob. You love all these things, but then you don't really care Ooh. for all of the finer things in life. You, you want McDonald's and fries. And I mean, I don't know what else you got, but. It's an interesting oh. thing. Okay, so I, I never do this. Like, um, <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, I mean, I, I decided to eat McDonald's because we're talking about McDonald's, and I thought it would be yes. fitting and interesting. But I, uh, I only ever get McDonald's with the kids. Mm. But also, the fact of the matter is, you know, they're good at what they do. Yeah. So... You know, can't hate on for that. Yeah, it's a good point. A good point. Also, I really like onions, and I appreciate that it's on there. Mm. Looks delicious. <laughs> All right, cool. This is a really great gimmick for a show to eat while you're talking. This is great. Maybe it's a bad idea. It's okay. Mm. All right, well, let's get into it. So today we're going to talk about McDonald's. There's a couple of things that they do really well, mm -hmm. especially in terms of marketing and brand placement. Like that's the kind of thing we want to be talking about. And so some of these ideas are like from the early days of McDonald's, which are maybe even more relevant to like, you know, you are listener and where you are today because, you know, where McDonald's is, you know, now is one of the largest companies in the world. It's a little bit less relevant, but in terms of how they got started and where they come from, there's some really great lessons uh, that I think we should talk about. And the first one is one that um, kind of comes up a lot and it's so important. And that is to limit choices. McDonald's does a really good job of limiting choices. And especially when they started out as a brand the McDonald's brothers uh, cut the menu. Like the original store that they took over had 25 items on the menu and they cut the menu to nine items. And that can seem really counterintuitive a lot of times. Like there's a real um, kind of tension for businesses to want to provide everything they can for every customer and meet every need that's out there. Because if you can provide, you know, one more option for one more customer. That's one more customer you can make. But it turns out that that's not actually how it works. In reality, customers tend to be overwhelmed by options most of the time. They want a couple of good options and then want to pick from that uh, selection. 
also, if you have too many options, then you may not be good at all of those different things. So it's hard to be really great, you know, at making, uh, you know, I don't know, like uh, a bunch of different items, you know, Chick-fil-A who, have we talked about Chick-fil-A on this show? I don't think we've talked about it. Much. I don't think we have, no. I feel a little bit like we have just because in my class for two weeks, we talked about Chick-fil-A. And so I, it, there's a lot of Chick-fil-A content swirling in my head, but they really focus on a few key items and doing those extremely well. Yeah. Uh, I used to do a bunch of work with a home builder and they had uh, like, they really limited their product offering and they did that for two reasons. One was because like by allowing their customers to pick any finish, any color, any countertop, like, um, you know, any paint scheme, sometimes their customers were coming up with bad ideas. And so they were oh, like, yeah. unhappy. They were like, oh, you know, I just spent all this money and built this house with you. And, you know, it's not very pleasant to look at because, you know, it turns out they allowed the homeowner to choose whatever they wanted. And the homeowner chose something I did. Yeah. And then the second one is just being overwhelmed by choice. There's a lot of great market research on this, but being overwhelmed by choice, our brains don't know what to do. There's too many places for our brain to land and it's hard for us yeah. to compare all the different options. So fewer choices allow the consumer to be happier about their choice. And yeah. there's a lot of great research on that. We can talk about that, you know, maybe in another episode, but it's really important to limit the number of options you provide to your customers. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Another another thing that, you know, McDonald's does is a standardization. So they standardize every single order, right? Having hamburgers that are made in the exact same way, using the same amount of ingredients, including those onions that Scott so appreciates. And mm. so I guess the the point to take away from that is really that if there's a process that can be standard standardized in your own business, um, you should be able to do that, right? You should go ahead and look into how to do that because it's going to eliminate eliminate errors. It's going to really just drive that process um, to be improved and um, make you and your business more efficient. So for example, we do content management for lots of different brands. Um, but developing a process um, and metrics that are consistent across them really makes it easier and helps us to work more efficiently. So these brands can um, do a million different things, but having a process that's in place that can, of course, be tweaked to fit them is what really helps us continue to, you know, make this content, you know, manage the content and get it out in a timely manner. Yeah, and it's also a way for us to like, Kind of help show that like yeah we know what we're doing exactly yeah, having those course. processes in place and show them like yeah we're doing it for x amount of brands and this is what this is what comes from it and this is the same thing that we can implement in for you yeah um number three on our list today is uh changing direction uh this is a really important one and it's <clears throat> like sometimes changing direction is a big like life-altering decision for a company it can be really hard to do but sometimes it's also really important to do and the ability to assess your business and the products you're providing and what your customers actually need is so critical uber started out as a limo service 
And they realized that like, there's actually a much broader market available to them. And even like, I think Tesla is a good example of a brand where they started out with this very narrow focus, they delivered on Mm -hmm. that. And then were able to pivot that into a larger, you know, product offering. Amazon is the same in that regard that they started out with a very narrow, very focused product, a very focused service that they can provide for a specific set of people, you know, selling books. Mm-hmm. And then they pivot that into selling other, you know, related products and then, you know, all kinds of products. And so having focus is great. And then being able to shift that focus is also really important. And so McDonald's, you know, had some pretty major pivots early on as McDonald's brothers took over the chain and became this, you know, quick service, you know, machine, uh, juggernaut machine. And so, you know, one, having specificity in your marketing and in your product offering is great, but two, being able to pivot that and being able to find where the customers, you know, uh, are headed as that's growing is, is, is a really important skill. So plan to change. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, definitely like pivoting and, and being able to really, really realize where, um, you know, you can make more growth is going to be vital. Um, the fourth point would be just to recognize your true rev, uh, revenue generator. So um, the former McDonald's CFO um, said that they're not technically in the food business, that they're in the real estate business. And what he meant by that was, you know, at their 36,000 plus locations, they own around 45% of the land and 70% of the structures. So the rest is leased. So they, what, what he's saying is, you know, they're investing in real estate and lease it to different franchise to the franchises. Um, and it just implies that instead of just selling burgers, they're making money by renting real estate and, um, really compared to selling, you know, just their burgers that Scott's over here chowing down on that. It's, it's a bigger profit that they get, um, from leasing those spaces. So, um, this also protects McDonald's from like the ups and downs of just the standard burger flipping business that they are known to have. And another example of that is Amazon. Like Amazon, like you mentioned before, is more than just an online store. They um, do logistics, right? With um, warehouses, delivery systems, things like that. And I really think that the big takeaway from that is that you need to examine your company and try to find new revenue streams other than that mainstream that, you know, maybe you start with. I'm finding different ways to um, bring some more security into it as well. I think it was a huge part of it. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Walmart's the same way. Like Walmart was able to deliver um, this really amazing service for Mm -hmm. their customers. And it's because they dominated logistics. Yeah once they really dominated the logistics, then they could kind of deliver any product they wanted to their customer. And so they started yeah. out in small towns around the country. I don't know if you're, maybe mm-hmm. you're not old enough to remember this. You're, you know, practically a child, Sydney. <clears throat> <laughs> wow. I, I Scott's been so insulting me days. all day. I, Scott's well, been I, insulting I, me all day. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just a little hurt, but it's okay. I am a child practically, but please continue on sorry. with I'm sorry, Wal- really... me not understanding the Walmarts. <laughs> no, but they started out in rural America 
and they built you know they weren't the stores they had weren't as big and they built them in places you know that didn't have you know they had general stores and they didn't have access to a wide variety of goods in fact the original mission of walmart was centered around the idea that we can provide you know quality goods which is so ironic but it was all about providing quality goods to rural buyers <clears throat> and uh through that process they dominated logistics and become this huge thing that they are now. I'll start by saying that um, I definitely grew up in a town with like a small population and we definitely had a Walmart. We now have a super Walmart or Walmart, whatever it is, but it was tiny and there was an IC machine in it. And I remember this as a child growing up. Now it's more massive and has like furniture and stuff, but before it just had the regular goods in it. So yeah. Floresville. So I think the population's like oh. 6,000. Yeah. Like it's uh-huh. right now it's 6,000. So it's, t- it was tiny. You just don't give wow. me any credit here. No, I just feel very old. That's really <sighs> what it comes down to. Um, I mean, and that may be the case, but I'm expressing my age in unhealthy ways. <laughs> don't discredit me. Sorry. We'll, work we'll talk that. about this on another podcast, a casual Friday therapy yeah. session. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, thanks for tuning in with us today. Um, the um, Some of the ideas, like you can see some of these things play out if you watch The Founder. I don't know. Sydney, have you watched The Founder? I have not. Anytime we bring up a show or a movie, I don't know what That's this right. is. It's good, though. I recommend it. You can kind of see some of this play Founder. out. It's a pretty good, uh, you know, it's a film about the origins of McDonald's. And you can see some of these ideas play out on The Founder. Uh Follow us, give us a like. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we got, oh, I made cookies yesterday. So, you know, subscribe. Send we'll send you a cookie. Yeah. yeah. I feel right, like awesome. I lost a lot of my credibility on my cooking by eating McDonald's today. Yeah, that's why I was like, um, <laughs> this is great, but it's fine. It's you can enjoy some things sometimes. I yeah. Have kids. Scott was so excited when we decided to talk about McDonald's. I mean, he said, I have to run. Give me 30. 30 <laughs> he needed out. his McDonald's fix. It's one of like four restaurants where I live. So you're the one with a, in the rural rural town these days. We don't even have a uh, Walmart. Oh, yeah. Small. That's okay. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sydney. Thanks, Scott. <laughs>